Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. We've been talking about fulfilling your purpose. In this next two nights, I want to talk to you about this. I want you to look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. I got the good news translation. A lot of you know what this says. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body a living sacrifice, holy, just, and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, but be ye transformed through the renewing of the mind. Look what it says in the Good News Translation. They'll pop it up on the screen. Offer yourself a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to His service and pleasing to Him. Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a let God transform you inwardly by a complete changing of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and pleasing and Him and is per- pleasing to Him and is perfect. Well, I got news for you. One of the other translations is the Amplified Bible, and in the Amplified Bible. It reads even different than that. And I'm giving you a couple little things. I like to use the Amplified Classic because I, I, I just think the way it reads, I kind of like it a little bit better. But if you read Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the Amplified Classic, he talks about worship. Man, and this thing got me. And it says this. It says um, um, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he talks about worship in here. And you go, well, where do you get worship out of this? So I'm going to show you where he gets it. It says this in verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, right? Ooh, spiritual worship. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you in view of all the mercies of God to make a a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Did you get that? He said it's your spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after, adapted to these customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewing of your mind with what? Brand new ideas, brand new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself What is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Now, when I read that to you, I want you to say this. He calls it an act of worship. I like that. I like that a lot. What do you mean, your act of worship? Well, he said this. He said, this is, and I'm I'm pulling up some stuff while I'm with you. Um, This is your reasonable act of worship. And when you see it, say, well, I thought of renewing your mind. How in the world could renewing your mind be an act of worship? Well, easy, because here's the thing. You got to say this, if if you um, take the time to present your body, that's an act of worship. And that's important because a lot of times me and you don't realize, well, worship when you lift your hand in the sanctuary and sing songs. That's an element of worship. But true worship is you present your body a living sacrifice. That's what we're talking about. I don't get it my way. I don't get to do what I want to do. I don't get to go where I want to go. I don't get, I'm a good soldier. Amen. So this is the thing. I don't think God makes anybody great per se. I think what happens is ordinary people get committed 
to become great. Does that make sense? Like, God didn't make favors like, oh, you're going to be a better Christian, and you're going to be a better this, and you're going to be better that. What I think God does, he gives everybody a fair shot at becoming great. And you do that by the sacrifice of, 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 your, of yourself spiritually. Now watch this. When you commit yourself to the things of God, it draws something out of you, right, that's larger than you. And that is why when Jeremiah 29, 11, when Jesus explains this, this to, from Jeremiah, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Okay? God gives you a personal dream. I don't know what it is. A personal purpose. Only you can fulfill this purpose. That's huge. Because a lot of times, you hear this in the Bible, well, somebody else will do it if you don't do it. Well, I got news for you. If somebody else does what you've been called to do, it's not good as you doing it. Because you've been designed for it. Now, that's the truth. You know, they say um, no person has the same DNA, even like identical twins. You know, you know, got different chromosomes and all this other stuff and all that, right? So I'm not, go, 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 uh, you know, I don't know, go study that from somebody else. Okay, I don't understand it. All I know is this, 1% of you, let's just say, is different than everyone on the face of the earth. Well, don't you think that 1% matters? Absolutely. So if you're called to do your thing, like look at the Billy Graham. There's only one Billy Graham in the world. You see what I'm saying? You ain't going to find another guy like that. If I tried to do what Billy Graham's doing, it wouldn't have been good enough. But if Billy Graham would have done what I'm doing, it wouldn't be good enough for him to try to be me because he ain't called to be me. There's only one T.D. Jakes in the world, man. That's a preaching machine right there. But I can't, I can't get ready, get ready. I can't do that. But he can't do what I've been called to do. Guess what? I can't do what you've been called to do. And you can't do what I've been called to do. That's why you got to discover why you're on the face of the earth. Listen, you've got to be willing to dedicate your life to God. That's the big thing. Surrender your life. Most people want to live their own life. They don't want to lay down their life. They don't want to say, Jesus, not what I want, but what you want. Jesus, what you want me to have. What you want me to do, what you want me to be, other there's no. They want to have their own. Unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it what? It will not abide alone. It will live if you put it in the dirt. That's that offer yourself to living. Don't be looking to be conformed to the standards of the world. Be God transformed. Amen. Most people miss God's dream because they're not looking towards God. Most people miss God's purpose because they're not asking. You know, well, I'm going to go to this in a minute, but I uh, I was looking at that. Um, I love that uh, Proverbs 19.21, right? Remember we read it in the Passion? A, look, they're going to pop it up there. A person may have an idea concerning God's plan for his life, but only designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. That's God. That's God's design. That's God's way. Most people miss that dream because they're not checking in. They're not asking God. Okay? If you're trying to imitate somebody else, you're going to miss it. If you're, um, you know, there was a guy, I think it was John Mason. It's funny. Um, I think he wrote that book. Um, 
God made you an original, don't die a copy or something like that. It was really cool back in the day. And I remember looking at the cover. I thought that was a really cool cover. It was like, God made you an original. Why would you want to die a copy? You know, or something like that. And I always, that stuck with me like 30 years. You know, I'm like, that's true, man. God made you. I told you how I changed my life was Rama. Oh my God, Rama changed my life. So we had chapel. Well, it wasn't like chapel was like preaching and study or whatever they used to call it. I don't know what it was. Um, so basically what happens is in your second year of school, whatever group you're in, you got to teach before your peers, you got to preach. So they think, I think it was like, I don't know what quarter it was. So like you get like three there. So you got a 45 minute class or whatever's going on there and you got 15 minutes. So 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. So in, in that, in that class, three people go. So I remember like, man, I was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. You know, like everybody's got to preach before your peers. And you know, some of these guys are just super anointed and you feel like, oh my God. And I had this teacher and I told this story a lot, but, um, so I get slotted in and y'all know the schedule, right? And I'm like, man, I got this dude in front of me, preaches really good. Um, it was just wild, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my God, dude. And this, the teacher, our instructor said, he, he talked about, his lab class, whatever we called it, he talked about it when he did it. And he had two guys that he was sandwiched in between. And one guy right now, it, back in the day, he said these guys didn't have these ministries, but you could just see the call of God on them. The one guy has 15,000 people in his church right now. And the other guy has like two churches with like 10,000 apiece. It's like, I'm serious, monsters. If I mention their names, you know who they are. And he goes, what in the world? The instructor goes, what in the world am I going to do with this guy in front of me and this guy in back of me? I mean, forget about it. And this is the only thing I remember this guy said for two years that I had him. He said, God spoke to him and said, son, I'm going to take my anointing and I'm going to put it on your personality. And that's going to make you the most unique individual in the world because no one is you. I never forgot that. God takes his anointing and puts it on my personality like he puts it on your personality and makes you the only you in the world. So whether you're a preacher, a stay-at-home mom, a doctor, a lawyer, a whatever, a whatever, if you're breathing and you're a believer, God put his anointing on your, think of this, personality, your, 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 not just your character, the you. I can't, this is me. Talk with my hands, got this, got that, animated this. There's not another me in the world. There's not another you in the world. So when I try to become, when I step out of my uniqueness, I just left my strength. This is the problem in the home. We got women trying to be men and men trying to be women in the house. No, the minute you step out of your role and responsibility, you just lost all your power. It's the truth. So stay in your lane and do what God has called you to do. So here's the thing. If you want to get serious about discovering the purpose of your life, you're going to have to decide not to settle for just what you want. You will have to choose God. And I used to say this all the time. Is it good or is it God? That's huge. Is it good or is it God? That's what I want to know from you. Is what you're doing good or is it God? Is, is what you're doing you or is it God? 
is it, uh, it uh, we used to say this, is it a good idea or is it a God idea? We say that, we say that all the time around the ministry. We need to keep saying it again because they'd come like, oh, I got an idea. Is it a good idea or a God idea? That's huge. What do you mean good or God? Simple. Is it a good idea or a God idea? Did you get it from God or did you get it from good? Well, this is a good idea. We could go start this ministry. That's great, but is it a God idea? Because unless God did it, it ain't going to work. We've got a lot of good ideas that don't produce anything. You get a God idea, changes your world. So here it is. Checklist number one. Boom. Hebrews 12 and 1. Listen to what it says. Since we have such a huge crowd of men, I got into passion, of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down, holds us back. I like this. Holds us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves around you so tightly, right, around our feet to trip us up. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Your race is not my race. That's why you can't critique anybody else's race. Keep your eyes on Jesus, our leader and our instructor. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew that would be his afterwards. He now sits in the place of honor by the throne of God. Okay? Now, you know that one. Okay? The Living Bible says it a little different, and I like it, and I put it in here, and I want to read it to you, so I'm pulling some stuff up while we're doing this. Amen. That's the that's the good that's the good thing about having the computer and the bad thing about having the computer because I can I can go all over the place. Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and let us run with patience. Same thing. Let us run with patience the particular race that is before me. So what do you got to do? You got to commit yourself to this thing. This is big. Okay. So ordinary people were an extraordinary God. Ordinary people. What a God-given idea. God didn't you know, put out pixie dust and say, you're better, or Pastor Chris is better, or B Billy Graham's of the world. No, he just said, hey, everybody, it's a fair shot for you to run after your race. Determine that you're going to fulfill your purpose. Determine that you're going to walk out your plan. Determine you're going to walk in victory. Then you start looking at all these great people in the kingdom. Like I thought about Joseph. I'm thinking like, oh my God, right? And you look at these things that these guys went through and you look at Jonah and Joseph and Peter and Paul and Jesus, my God, you just start going, whoa. And then you start thinking like, look what 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says. Now, all these things that we've seen happen to these guys for an example, and they are written for our admo admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. What is it about? It's about teaching us that when you see these guys, know that this journey of discovering my purpose is not always easy. Look at Joseph. This guy had a purpose, but my God, look at the pain that he walked through for the purpose. I, you know, you want to see character. You want to see integrity. You, I mean, this guy's batting a thousand, man. Come on. Right? He got a dream at like 17. Maybe you shouldn't have shared it. Maybe you should have shared it. I don't know. All I know is he did what he thought he was supposed to do. He knew where he was going, but then look at the journey. That's like Genesis 37, 6, 7, 8, 9 in there. And, 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 and look at this. And he, Joseph, said into his family, pray, I, pray, hear my, hear my dream. Right? I dreamed. Joseph believed. 
what the Lord spoke. He shared his dream. You ever share your dream? And instead of people getting excited, they want to kill you? You know what I'm talking about, some of you, right? They give you that look, right? So remember it is, you were created for a divine purpose, just like Joseph. Joseph heard from God. You got to hear from God. You got a purpose. You got a vision. You got a God-given life. You got a God-given idea. And now as long as you can live, securing your, your discovery of your future, God will lead you. You got to know the will of the Lord. Big. You have to pursue this vision. You have to pursue this purpose. Um, you have to pursue this thing. But I'm going to show you something. This scripture, I love this scripture. Look at this scripture. I got to find it. Scripture strong, man. Psalms 105.19. Wait till you pull this one up. 105.19. Wait till you see this. This thing's going to get you. It, 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 got, it got me good. Right? Check this out. You ready for this one? God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dream to come true. Oh, how about that one? That maybe the seasons you went through were character hits and because your character was getting hit, you let go of the dream because you didn't want to spiritually grow. Some of you stopped growing. Some of you kept some of these promises. You just, you left them behind. We got to get, this is equally important to understand, guys. It's huge that this is important. What? That your response to character development does not, I don't want to say forfeit, but doesn't want to stop your pursuit of your God-given destiny, which is becoming discovered. So what happens is people take life hits for serving God. Then they're like, let go of the dream, dude. If I got to hold this thing and this is the character and the pain and the hanging on the prison, the jail, look at this guy, the pit and all this, let go of it. No, you can't let go. You got to pick it back up. And today I want, there's one point I want to drive home. Okay. And I'm talking to you and I got a couple minutes here, right? Okay. Number one, are you, these are the questions I'm asking you. Are you in your are you in your God-given purpose right now? Okay? Two, if you're not and you don't feel like you are or you have divine dissatisfaction, ask God, what's my purpose? Okay? Don't carbon copy somebody else's. Go, God, what is my purpose? Your purpose may be found in simple obedience. Sometimes, you know, the bigger the test, the bigger the promise. The greater the reward, the greater the time. I don't know. I didn't ask to do this. I was called to do this. And it's my journey. I, I, I don't know any other way to tell you. Your journey is different than mine. Your, your deal might be different than mine. But what I want you to walk away with from tonight is this. Have I asked God? Now, this is big. You are going to have to spend some time with God discovering this purpose. And that's what I want from you. I want you asking God questions about your purpose. I want you surrendering to your purpose. I want to help you fulfill your purpose. I want to come alongside of you and coach you through your purpose. But what I want you to do is I want you to get to a place. And I believe this with all of my heart. I want you to get to a place where you start asking those questions. Am I fulfilling my purpose? Have I asked God about my purpose? Am I taking steps to fulfill my purpose? And then are you continuing in your purpose? Because here's a big one. It might be years before 
Do you see any of this stuff start paying off? I'm being serious. There might be years of silence. Remember a couple weeks ago, last weekend, I preached about Hezekiah, and it blew me out. God tested Hezekiah's heart to see what was in it. God might just be bringing you right now to a place of asking you, will you surrender your life? Will you fulfill your purpose? And will you fulfill the discovery of it in the earth? That's what I want you to know. That's what I want you to ask. That's what I'm praying for. And that's what I'm going to pray for right now. Father, I thank you for helping them discover their purpose, see their purpose, know their purpose, and fulfill their purpose all the days of their life. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.